Good morning, Canada. We have a special New Year's Eve edition of the Daily Brief prepared for our listeners today as we wrap up 2023. And what a year it has been. We'd like to take this opportunity to look ahead into 2024 and make a few of our own predictions about what changes, both big and small, we might expect around the corner. So thank you for being here, whether you're joining us for the first time ever or if you've been along for the ride. We hope you enjoy the show. The Liberal government's immigration targets will likely remain unchanged despite growing pushback from the Canadian public and economists. The Liberal and legacy media's case of Polyev derangement syndrome will likely get far worse in the coming year. Far-left activists will continue to cancel Canadian history in 2024 in the name of decolonization. Could Wilfrid Laurier be next on the chopping block? Hello Canada, it's New Year's Eve and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm your host, Cosmin Jurja. And I'm Noah Jarvis. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Even though there's mounting public dissent and concerns from economists over Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's record-level immigration targets, Canadians shouldn't expect the Liberal government to buckle to the pressure in 2024, and here's why. Trudeau's immigration policy is driven by a broader vision of transforming Canada into a post-national state. Central to this liberal philosophy is the belief that a robust immigration system is essential for Canada's evolution and progress as a multicultural society. Shortly after being elected in 2015, Prime Minister Trudeau proudly declared without consultation that Canada was the first post-national state, asserting that there was no core identity, no mainstream in Canada. Achieving this goal can't be done without mass immigration. This unwavering commitment, however, is not without strategic motives. The Liberals appear to be fine with the public discourse turning towards immigration, deflecting attention from pressing issues such as inflation, their willy-nilly use of emergency powers against the Freedom Convoy, and their various ethical controversies. The Liberals could also be trying to bait Conservative leader Pierre Polyev into being the first to advocate for an immigration reduction in order to position themselves as defenders of diversity and resort to the usual allegations of conservative xenophobia. Additionally, the Liberal government has shown itself to be beholden to the interests of industry lobbyists and global organizations that want to see an unending flow of cheap labor and debt creation. Sectors like transportation, food services, and telecommunications are among the first to benefit from accelerating immigration due to the high proportion of immigrants who make up their workforces. Meanwhile, the Liberals are sympathetic to think tanks like the Century Initiative, which wants Canada to reach a population of 100 million people by the year 2100, as well as other immigration programs promoted by the World Economic Forum and the United Nations. 
So Noah, as far as predictions go, I think this one is a pretty safe bet. The Liberals have not signaled that they would be willing to reduce immigration targets. However, they have done some interesting things that I personally did not expect they would do, particularly when it comes to international students. We saw a cap introduced. We also saw uh, an increase in the basic amount of money that you need uh, to have prior to arriving in Canada to ensure that you will essentially be able to pay for your time here. But there's just no way in my mind that the Liberals will be the first party to reduce that number. But this really leaves Conservative leader Pierre Polyev in a tough spot, right? Because he's facing pressure from the right within his own party to reduce those numbers. And it is a popular move if he decides to go down that path. We've seen the polling. So would you agree that there is a sort of kind of trap being laid here by the liberals or am I just reading in too much into it? Well, the risk for Polyev in coming out as wanting to reduce immigration numbers is that he will be portrayed by the liberals and the legacy media uh, as being a xenophobe. Immigration for the liberals and the legacy media especially is very prickly because they are ideologically committed to increasing Canada's uh, population totals exponentially and getting to about 100 million uh, people by 2100. So anything that contradicts that goal, uh, they have to meet with a lot of pushback. And one of the ways that uh, the liberals and legacy media love to do that is by labeling people a xenophobe. And Pierre Polyev probably doesn't want to fall into that trap because, you know, sure, he might not be a racist or a xenophobe or anything like that. But if enough people start saying that and enough people start repeating that, people who are not as politically informed, who make up a lot of the voter base in Canada, may begin to think that Pierre Polyev is what the legacy media and the liberals are portraying him as. You know, just look at what happened to sort of a Andrew Scheer when he had came out as a Christian uh, with certain beliefs and he at first didn't want to capitulate on that but eventually Scheer did capitulate uh, and people started to think about Andrew Scheer as some you know abortion loving Christian zealot uh, and Scheer obviously lost so there is definitely that risk uh, that Pierre Polyev has when trying to move around the immigration question and he should be smart about it but I believe that there is also a counter sentiment uh, in Canada that is large enough that is anti-immigration or at least wants to see the numbers come down uh, to the point where I think Pierre Polyev should uh, seek out that base if he does want to uh, maintain the support that he is currently gaining. You're right. And I think a lot of people have noticed a significant shift that wasn't um, present ever before. There are more, I, how should I describe it, more elite people in Canada arguing at least for a tempering of immigration targets. We see calls from economists. Uh, the latest one, I think, was from a, a Scotiabank economist essentially saying this is unsustainable. We saw Bank of Canada Governor Tiff Macklem come out as well saying that high immigration levels are linked to unreasonably high rental costs. And so 
there is a very strong economic argument to make to reduce immigration levels. And for a party like the conservatives that prides itself on being, you know, fiscally responsible, but also the common sense party, it would only make common sense to reduce the numbers to match our housing output. And I think that's something that Poiliev has hinted at. I would like to point out that True North has been one of the most willing media outlets to cover the topic of immigration. And we've pushed both the liberals and the conservatives on this issue equally. Is there a possibility that even the media might follow suit because we've seen increasing stories about reports, we've seen more columnists even from traditional media outlets, arguably that you could call them conservatives like National Post, calling for a reduction in immigration. And I, But I don't think that's ever really happened before at the mainstream level. So is this shift going to extend beyond just pollsters and economists? Could we see a shift in just the general conversation where talking about a reduction in immigration is no longer taboo, regardless of the fact of whether the liberal government reduces the numbers or not? Well, Cosman, I believe that the consequences to mass immigration has become so blatant that not even the legacy media can ignore it. The fact of the matter is that the winds of change are blowing in Canada, and those uh, winds are saying that, uh, quite frankly, Canadians uh, don't want to bring in uh, more than a million newcomers to the country every year. It is unsustainable. Economically, uh, there are consequences and there are social consequences uh, to mass immigration. The average person uh, on the ground, the average Canadian, feels it, whether you're in rural Canada, whether you're in a big city, whether you're low income or high income, you have been seeing the effects of mass immigration. And even though the legacy media, they are pretty close, closed off from the rest of society in their ivory towers, uh, the fact of the matter is that even individual journalists and in, say the CBC uh, are feeling the effects of mass immigration and they will begin to report on it because it is just so blatant. If they were not to report on the growing backlash to mass immigration, it, it would be too obvious of a lie by omission. So yes, I believe that uh, when you start to see legacy media figures talking about uh, the perils of uh, mass immigration, uh, yeah, you know that there is something really serious there that the conservatives or any political party who wants to uh, maintain or gain support uh, can capitalize on. It's no secret that the legacy media doesn't like conservatives, and the media certainly has not been friendly to the more stridently right-wing leader of the conservative party, Pierre Polyev. But we haven't seen anything yet. Canadians should expect the legacy media's case of Polyev derangement syndrome to develop into a severe case. If current trends continue, the Conservatives will be ahead of the Liberals in public opinion polls for the second year in a row. As the looming federal election draws closer, the desperation of the Trudeau Liberals and their friends in the legacy media will only grow. The accusations that Conservatives are a far-right, 
anti-abortion, minority-hating party will fly in the House of Commons spiels and repeated in legacy media columns, news reports, and social media posts. We've already seen the start of this type of behavior from Liberal MPs in 2023, but as the prospect of several Liberal MPs losing their seats in the 2025 general election looms larger in the coming year, the Liberals will begin to hurl far more desperate attacks. As for the legacy media, much of their funding is reliant upon the Liberal government remaining in power and subsidizing them. If a Conservative government hostile to media bailouts were to gain power, that would mark the end of many legacy media institutions. The legacy media can't have that, so they'll start to ratchet up the attacks against the Conservatives in order to retain their government funding. Not only that, but with the coming presidential election in the United States that will more than likely see Donald Trump and Joe Biden go head-to-head once again, the liberals and legacy media will be desperate to draw a connection between Trump and Polyev so they can paint the conservative leader as a populist, immigrant-hating, conspiracy theorist, and a danger to democracy. The allegations will contain half-truths, distortions of the facts, and even outright lies. But when has that ever stopped the legacy media? And if Trump so happens to win the 2024 election, the comparisons to Polyev will never end. So, Cosman, I'm predicting that the media and the liberals will be ratcheting up their attacks against the conservative leader, Pierre Polyev. Do you think that that will work in the advantage of the liberals? Uh, or do you believe that will work into the, to the advantage of the conservatives? On one hand, uh, ratcheting up those types of uh, vile attacks against uh, your uh, political opponent it could help the average Canadian uh, believe that the conservatives are those things that uh, are those ad hominem at- attacks that you are uh, putting upon them. But at the same time, they can backfire. Uh, people can uh, see through those attacks as being uh, overly extreme, as just being uh, another example of political games. So do you believe that uh, the liberals ratcheting up the attacks against Pierre Polyev and the conservatives will work? Well, look, the major difference with Polyev is that he is adept at handling the media, unlike some of his predecessors like Aaron O'Toole, who liked to play footsie with the legacy media, hoping that he could get some positive coverage. Clearly, that's not the case. I don't think it really matters what type of politician you are in this country. As long as you're conservative, you will be a target from the legacy media, which overwhelmingly leans liberal in their sympathies so yes absolutely the attacks will continue we're gonna see a major election in the united states you know who knows who's gonna run in that that's up in the air there's so many like different uh, things happening in the united states both uh, judicially and politically but it's looking very likely that it will be a Trump versus Biden election. And that, as much as the liberal government likes to claim that they're not playing American politics, that is going to seep into this country. We're going to see a lot of conversations um, bleed from the United States election into Canada, and there will be a lot of comparisons made and whatnot. The other element involved in this is that media trust is at an all-time low We've seen so many different scandals and botched attempts, uh, especially from the liberals, in terms of trying to fund the media. 
So we've seen the Online News Act pass, where the liberal government essentially tried to butter up the media with another bailout. We saw a contract uh, written, or at least worked out with Google to pay the media a ridiculous amount of money. We saw the scandal with the CBC CEO essentially laying off a huge amount of staff while taking uh, bonuses for herself and other executives. So I think the tone in this country has shifted a little bit. People are less willing to take what the media says at face value. In the ongoing wave of cancel culture fueled by the far-left ideology of decolonization, 2024 may witness yet another historical figure attacked by the cancel mob. As institutions and governments succumb to the pressures of cancel culture, Canadians are wondering who might be the next casualty. Could, for example, Wilfrid Laurier, the first French-Canadian prime minister and a celebrated figure for the Liberal Party, be the next to fall? Despite his historical significance, Laurier is a prime target for cancellation. Wilfrid Laurier University in Ontario has already taken steps in this direction by hiring diversity, equity, and inclusion investigators to examine his legacy accusing him of being a contributor to systems of racism and discrimination. The spotlight on Laurier centers around his involvement in expanding the Chinese head tax and imposing immigration restrictions on black immigrants and his policies pertaining to indigenous peoples. The cancellation of figures like John A. MacDonald, Henry Dundas, and Egerton Ryerson has set a precedent making it increasingly challenging to defend the legacies of Canadian historical figures. With the Liberal government's push to ban, quote, residential school denialism, the space for dialogue and dissent is narrowing, potentially making it harder and even illegal to challenge the narrative surrounding Canada's history. Now, I know you might say, well, Wilfrid Laurier was a Liberal. How could liberals cancel one of their heroes. And I would argue that a lot of the people who lead these cancel mobs do not have a particular party allegiance. They are their own fifth column, so to speak. They are only dedicated to the far-left ideologies of diversity, equity, inclusion, and decolonization. And if you go even further, Marxism and communism, they only appeal to liberals and the NDP for practical political reasons. But on their own, I think they are a sort of rogue element of the left. I mean, we've seen this play out in recent cases in Ontario, right? We had that Ontario NDP MPP who spoke out in favor of the Hamas attack on Israel. She was booted out by the party, but she remains a hero for a lot of these decolonization types in Canada. So I don't think Wilfrid Laurier's link to the Liberal Party will save him from the wrath of these activists. What is your take on this, Noah? 
Wilfrid Laurier is very much unlike the liberals of today. Wilfrid Laurier was a great Canadian patriot. He loved Canada, and at a time where Canada, the principal divide in Canada was between Quebec and Ontario, between the Protestants and Catholics, the French-speaking and the English-speaking. Wilfrid Laurier was a Frenchman who had a deep appreciation for Canada's British heritage. Uh, He was a Canadian nationalist, not just a Quebec nationalist, not just an English-Canadian nationalist, but a true uh, bi-national Canadian nationalist uh, and he loved this country. Over, he oversaw the expansion of the West. Uh, he oversaw Canada's uh, beginnings to uh, institute free trade with the United States. Uh, I mean for a liberal uh, he was quite a he was quite a conservative. I believe in modern times he would probably sit as an MP in the Conservative Party of Canada, not the Liberal Party of today. The Liberal Party of today is ruled by a leader who uh, who envisions a post-national state who doesn't uh, believe that Canada should have uh, any national identity whatsoever and goes out of his way to denigrate Canada, calling ja- uh, Canada a genocidal state, uh, saying that Canada is systemically racist. You know, these are uh, insults and epithets to the character of Canada that should not be accepted, as, and Wilfrid Laurier would not uh, accept that in, in his day or if he were living in our day. Uh, so Wilfrid Laurier is someone that uh, who is, I think, obviously a prime target of the left. He loved Canada, and sure, he made some controversial decisions that in modern times we look back on and say, hey, you know, that wasn't right. Um, his expansion of the residential school system. Uh, the aforementioned Chinese head tax, uh, the immigration restrictions on black uh, on black people, uh, those are obviously not good policies. But you have to look at the historical context in which he made those decisions, uh, and also you just need to understand that uh, yes, you know historical figures of the past, you know whether it's Winston Churchill. Uh, whether it's Margaret Thatcher, whether it's Abraham Lincoln, sure, they are flawed people. They have made uh, mistakes in the past, but you, but to go back and judge those people based on modern uh, morality and to look back on them with disgust, uh, I, I think is quite frankly disgusting and is a, a trashing of our history that we should not stand for as a society. So uh, let's make sure that Wilfrid Laurier doesn't endure uh, a character slander uh, that you know, other great uh, prime ministers and uh, figures of Canadian history has uh, endured, like John MacDonald and uh, Henry Dundas. Uh, Make sure that Wilfrid Laurier uh, stays safe from uh, those attacks, even though he was a liberal. That's it for today, folks. As we head into 2024, don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news for all the news you need to know. The Daily Brief will continue to be off for the holidays, but we will return in the new year. Sincerely from all of us at True North, we wish you a happy new year. Don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors, and if able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news.